Hello there, it's Carmel Jane on the Carmel Jane Talks Business Podcast. I am back after a week away on a very relaxing yoga retreat, all guns blazing, and cannot wait to have the delightful Jill Willison. Jill is a PR and copywriting expert, and she is going to share with us how important it is to have a great story, and also the three essential tips that are needed when we're writing great copy. So stay stay tuned, this is going to be a fantastic show, and listen in too, because Jill has a fantastic competition giveaway going on as well. Just remember, dream bigger, believe bigger and make a difference. Welcome Jill Willis. You chose that song, didn't you? I did, thank you, yes. Well, what was what's so special about Florence? Well, she just rocks, don't you think? She rocks. She's a really awesome, strong woman. Definitely. Big sounds. I like I like a bit of Florence as well. That is brilliant. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. How long have we known each other now? It's a few years, isn't it? Three or four years, Three I think. Four years. Yeah. We met in networking and, and Jill, we I do know a bit about her story, but it's a really fantastic story um, that you've done. You've got all this PR and copywriting background, but you went into the restaurants, now you come back to it. Yeah. You've got a lot of pedigree, Jill, a lot of, a lot of good pedigree, a bit of expert knowledge. So, so how did you start? What was your early career? So I started um, in 1999 um, as a, a junior reporter on an IT magazine called Computing up in London. Oh. And, um, and, I, um, and I kind of did that because I wanted to be a journalist for a year or so before I then moved um, into PR. So it's quite a natural flip because yeah. as a journalist, obviously you're learning how to report, how to write and public relations, that's that's the focus too and you're doing that on behalf of a brand. Do you know what? I think a journalist sounds really exciting. Um, it, Yes, <laughs> potentially. It, I mean, it was brilliant. I absolutely loved my first job, um, but I certainly felt like I didn't want to to do the churn of reporting, mm. you know, day after day after day. I think investiga- investigative journalism is probably far more interesting where you get right into, into a subject really deep down and you know the guts of it. I guess that's what we think of journalism. But just churning like... headlines, yeah, maybe not so much. Um, and, I re- and I really, really liked actually working with clients and, and kind mm. of pulling out their story. And I did that uh, well, right up until about t- 2017, different clients, different brands, mainly technology clients, um, worked uh, for the trade association, for the technology industry. So there were huge issues being talked about then, yeah. digital switchover. So a huge amounts of change at the time. Massive, well, huge, I mean, we, huge change. We all change. take the internet and all the digital communications for granted now, but mm. it's only been 20 years really, yeah. hasn't it? Absolutely, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and I was right in the crux of all that, in the midst of it, um, at the Trade Association as the communications director. And um, and then my partner and I um, hadn't long got together, who I think you know Richard as well, and we felt like we wanted to do something a bit different. And, and then we decided, well, what will we do? Um, and we thought we'll open a healthy eating cafe. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Let's go from a bit of PR to opening cafe. Yeah. Now, I uh, actually... Funny enough, I studied hotel management, hospitality management. My parents had a cafe, and I know it is tough to make money in mm. food. But you didn't just make money; you opened another cafe, didn't you? Well, we 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 had a one unit which we we ran very successfully, and then we decided on a franchise model. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we went through the process of developing that franchise model. Um, and then we recruited two franchisees. Um, so from our original cafe, which was in Romford, um, we then had a, a franchisee open in um, Cardiff, mm-hmm. in the centre of Cardiff, and then another one up in um, Southport near Liverpool. So how do you decide where to open them? Um, well, that's uh, for us, we chose Romford as our base unit because we felt that the town itself was in dire need of something like that and our success 
really was testament to that. Mm. We, we knew the area, we knew the audience, it felt right. Um, but then when we started to recruit franchisees, that was very much down to where they wanted to be based. And right. we then had to work with them on the ground to find a similar suitable location. So they, they put the starting point for where you're going to go. Yeah. And, and how much of all your journalist and PR background really helped with the restaurant? The oh, it was absolutely fundamental. Um, so, you know, we um, certainly with the franchise element, because it was from that launch Firstly, find a little, we, we run a few awards, local, just regional. Just a few awards. Yeah. <laughs> sandwich maker of the year. Yes. Sandwich designer. Yeah, sandwich designer of the year. What was the sandwich design that won? It was a falafel sandwich, wow. which, you know, you'll see everywhere now, but back in the day, was it was quite, quite original. Radical, <laughs> that was, so that would have been about 2005. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we... Um, Yes, so we won a few awards and that really brought me to the attention of um, How To Books, which is a, a book publisher. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I was talking to them about the idea of taking some of the articles which I'd written for the trade press and starting to turn it into a book, a how-to book for cafe owners. Brilliant. Because um, I'm sure still at the time, but certainly then, a cafe or a coffee shop was like number one or number two. I think it kept changing with a nail bar or hair salon <laughs> as the most open small business yeah. in the UK. So there's a huge market, market for it. So mum and dad had a, had a small cafe and I, and I worked in hotel and hospitality management. And people think it's easy. You open the shop and people, you serve great food and people are going to come and buy it. But it's not like that, is it? No, it, it really isn't. Um, and, and that was one of the main the, the main tools we used actually for all of the shop openings. We did a, a come for free day um, because it's an opportunity to welcome people through the door. Um, not charge them a penny and yes you're giving away lots of free produce but wow. it's a good way to get them in and once they've tried it and you know they like what you're about then they're likely to come back so are your clients now are they cafes and restaurants because there's a few i live by brentwood station there's a few little cafes and some are working and some aren't and i think i've never had a flyer through my door i you know i've not seen you on facebook there's no story out there and they open and close quite regularly uh -huh. And, and I think that, you know, you managed to win awards, have a successful business and franchise. Yeah. Is, and it come for free. That is amazing. Well, and yeah. What does it actually yeah. cost you in food? Um, well, I mean, you know, ultimately, let's say you, you give away a thousand pounds worth of produce. It's probably worth four, five, six times that in actual marketing mm. value because you've got those customers through the door and they're willing to come back. And all that goodwill. So yeah. you've got free sandwiches. Absolutely. <laughs> and they can see what you're all about. Yeah. So it was all going well. So what, what happened? Why did you stop being a, a cafe owner? Um, so we got up to um, around about um, 2011. Um, and in the last couple of years of owning um, the, the cafe and the franchises and having the book um, out with How To Books. Sorry, um, what's the name of your book? It's How To Start a Sandwich and Coffee Shop. And just so you know, Jill looks like a very pretty blonde 12-year-old. <laughs> She's a very young-looking woman anyway. But I look, I'd laugh. I saw it on Amazon. I was like, oh, my God, she looks about 12. But, yeah, but you, you recognise it. But she looks as big, blue-eyed, uh, sweet-looking 12-year-old. I think she was over, older than 12 when you wrote just it. a bit older than 12. 15. Just 15. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so that's... Um, and that is brilliant because again, so must be such a helpful on the ground tool from someone yeah. who's been there, done that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think, but we got to a point where we'd started a family um, and it changes things mm. massively. Um, you know, taking the maternity leave and wanting to take proper maternity leave with both Jake and Isabel. Um, that was really, really tricky. 
um, at exactly the same time the the recession happened, you know, the huge yeah, yeah. <laughs> crunch. Um, and and so, sandwiches weren't in a, not, not so much. <laughs> no, it, it was just a really, a very difficult time. Mm-hmm. And I think we'd gone through a period, Richard and I, with the business of it being um, growth, growth, growth. Obviously still really young business owners without that, um, the experience and the hindsight of having done that a few times before. And so it just felt like at that moment in 2011, it was the right time to sell the business whilst it was still doing very well. And whilst we could walk away feeling positive and I could perhaps have a bit more time with my the, the kids at home. Um, so that's what we did. And I think that was a really good decision. And probably a brave decision as well, because, you know, it was, it was success and was doing well mm. and it was your baby and you'd created it mm. and to actually walk away from it. But and I think good on you for being a mum. So again, we all suffer from mummy guilt. And I... And we're sort of told this lie that we can have it all, but mm. we can't. You mm. couldn't have been the mum you wanted to be and a successful cafe owner, could no, you? No, no, because, you know, it's it's just the nature of it. There's some businesses where you could probably mm. still achieve, but when you've got to be in the cafe at half five in the morning and, you know, it's just not, you can't get care and for your children at that time of the day. <laughs> putting management in wasn't an option. We did. We did have a manager in, um, but I think what we learned was to be true to what taste was and the business, you can't just have a, a manager mm in there and not have as much involvement as you still need and it was that constant push-pull of of feeling like you could step back of putting the systems and processes in place to step back but it still needs yeah. you. And, it, and that's the problem when you get a business which is fundamental to the yeah. audience. We always need to about PR and copyright. I do, I love this. I loved your story about the cafe that you made it work and I think again a lot of your PR ideas yeah. and your copywriting ideas would have been what made it successful. Mm-hmm. But um, So anyway, we, we're going to have a little break shortly. But uh, So you're now back, you, you sold that, yes. kids grew up a bit, yes. and now you're back doing yeah. what you are amazing at and what yeah. you truly love. I am, yes, absolutely. So seven, eight years ago, when, when we'd finished with the cafe, I thought, well, what do I want to do now? And I thought, you know what, I want to continue with, with what I've been doing with Taste, which is the marketing element. But I don't want to go back into London and work for huge mm. brands. I want to work with business owners like me. And I want to share what I've learned with them and help them with their business story and, and marketing and PR in a real in a realistic way. Realistic. Because we're going to come back and we're going to hear all about the art of storytelling. Because storytelling is huge and it's so it's sort of the, very much the key word that's been mm. bandied around. But um, yes, we're going back with Jill with the art of storytelling very shortly. Just a small interruption to the podcast, I want to shout about a wonderful woman whom I met last night at the gala showing of her movie Say My Name. This woman is Deborah Francis White and she has the most fantastic podcast called The Guilty Feminist. It is all about feminist issues but it's wrapped up in tons of wonderful comedy from loads of fantastic female comedians. Um, This wonderful podcast is touring as a show and is going to be at Colchester on the 10th of May at Charter Hall and on the 12th of May at Southend Cliffs Pavilion. Head on over to the guilt, or just guiltyfeminist.com and you can get tickets. It really is a wonderful night of comedy celebrating all things female, all things about feminism and I cannot wait to go. Anyway, back to the podcast. Hello and welcome back. My name is Carmel Jane and this is the Carmel Jane Talks Business Show every Wednesday from 1 till 3. Actually, it's really wonderful too because then after we played this song and different people went. But today I have an amazing woman, an entrepreneur who is a PR and copywriting expert. We've just gone through how she actually had, had all this experience and then she opened cafes and had franchises. Had kids came along and she's gone back to her roots. Um, and, and it is 
a very, very successful copywriter and PR person. Um, so, Jill, the art of storytelling. Now, storytelling is kind of really key. It's not sailing and getting your ideas is what's really in mm. vogue at the moment, isn't it? And what is it? What do we mean by that? So we mean um, showing your um, that it's it's having resonance ultimately. So it's about being more than a one-hit wonder that just talks about the next um, the next promotional opportunity mm-hmm. or the next deal. It's about engaging with your audience in a really authentic way, so that they want to come on that that journey, that story with you without sounding too cliched at all. Um, it's about exposing um, the, the real workings of your business, the personality of your business, um, and making a difference to the audience in a, in a really real way. And I guess it's all social media and the internet that has made this happen yeah. so quickly. Because it was just big brands, wasn't it, and selling. And now we've got all sorts of super clever mm-hmm. advertising. And people, they do want to friends with their brands brands don't they they do um and that's because the way that um customers or people the way we purchase has completely changed now we're not sitting back passively waiting to be sold to mm-hmm. in the way that we would have been 15 years ago now we are co- we're constantly considering um and whether we are completely passive not really thinking we want to just um challenge some trigger has happened and we're now researching google and social media and everywhere else we need to feel that the brand that we ultimately choose mm-hmm. has been with us along the way they, they need to be gathering us up you know feel like you're as if you're a business that you're walking along you know playing the, the flute and everyone is following behind oh, you I skipping <laughs> exactly that's what you should feel like if the story's really told well so we know this, and I think we see it a lot in big brands because adverts these days are sort of a bit clever and a bit cool. They're not just straight out selling. And I know listening to other people who are, like, say, Gary Vaynerchuk and different people say, you know, got to content, 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 and then sell. But what, how does that really, as small business owners, how do we really make the most of the storytelling idea when we haven't got big budgets? Um, well, I mean, ultimately, small business owners are passionate about their business. They're in it. It's theirs. And I think that's the thing that I find most with the businesses I talk to. They're definitely not short of ideas. But the challenge comes for them when they want to take those ideas and then when they, make, they want to make them really resonate and they want to change them and, and transfer them into marketplace value. Yeah. And that's the difference. And I think the thing that I always say to business owners is kind of forget, you know, your preconceptions about your business. First, start with your audience and really, really take a lot of time digging down to understand the challenges, the problems that they face. Um, and then come at it from their side, you know, and how can you make their lives better? And if you can develop that piece of your story, then it, it naturally lends itself to, to your business being in a much stronger position. I think it's, it's good, isn't it, to get away from your business because it is difficult when mm-hmm. you're in it every day. But that is right, put the audience first and how can you solve their problems yeah. is, is how we do it. So, so what kind of, you know, small business owners say, so we've got Facebook and Instagram, but there's blogging. Mm-hmm. How do you, where do people start? Um, well, there's there's what's kind of, there's a pie. There's a pie of media, four different um, uh, quarters, if you like, paid, earned, um, shared, um, and um, and owned. Owned is yours. So owned is your website. Mm-hmm. Owned is your blog. Owned is is um, the vlogs you might put out. Really start there, because if you haven't got that right, then you're not driving anybody to anything of any worth. 
So make sure your own media is spot on first. That's where you tell your story first. Really, it's your website, or if you're using just a Facebook page as your as your tool, then make that absolutely and right. Set the foundations. Yeah, we, I think we, we had Joe Boxer on recently talking about your brand and stuff, and that has to be your foundations, mm-hmm. and that has to be good. Yeah. So we, we've got a good website, or just a, a Facebook page, but yeah. it's solid, and we're filled in the about. And we've got yeah. All that. Yeah. What's the next stage? So then you need to think about um, again back to your audience. So where do they live? You know, think about the passive stage. If you're thinking about a big wheel that's constantly turning, down at the bottom there's the passive stage. Your audience aren't thinking they want to change. They don't necessarily think they need um, a new hairdresser, if you're a hairdresser. But you still need to be on their radar then. Mm-hmm. Because when something happens, like they can't get the appointment they want at their current hairdresser or there's some terrible mistake with the colour and they think, actually, I am now going to look to change. If they haven't heard about you when they weren't interested, it's going to be much harder for you to convert them round the mm-hmm. top, starting from scratch, than it is for, say, Tony and Guy who've sent them flyers for the last two years. Yeah. So that's all really, really important. That's where you need to start looking next. That's social media and that's your kind of repetitive and, stuff. And so what... How do you choose what content you put out there? Because if it, I, mean, I say we're photographers, so it's kind of easy, but because I've got Carmel Jane Talks Business, sometimes oh. you do have to really think, where's the content? But is it just finding things in your everyday life and share? I mean, what's the, what's the tips for finding those bits of content for building your profile? So again, you're going you're to plan out your audience and you're going to think about their journey right through from not particularly interested, mm-hmm. don't know who you are, the things they might be searching about, the things they might be asking their friends about, the challenges that they might face along the way, the key life events that they might be facing. Mm-hmm. And then think, well, what can I share with them that will help them and make their life better in that moment? Is it some kind of really short guide? Um, is it some kind of um, support group? Is it um, a podcast series? Is it um, a workshop, a free workshop? What can I do at every moment along that yeah. journey? Because again, you've got to think about your audience. So the answer to that question is going to be different for absolutely every everybody. business. But then again, you just sort of reeled off a few different things we can do. And there are so many different ways. And, and I think it's important to say, we can't do them all, can no, we? No, and you shouldn't do them all, certainly not, because then you're spreading yourself far too thinly. And then so... Paid media is that when you do yeah. paid for? So that's yeah. So yeah. So um, earned is you uh, owned is yours. Paid is is advertising mm-hmm. ultimately. Um, then you've also got um, you've got earned, which is um, traditionally um, like media relations, mm-hmm. um, but now influencer relations with social media. Mm-hmm. So if there is um, if there's a real social influencer that you feel could um, have influence over your audience, then you might build a relationship with them. You might you might want them to become um, an ambassador, and all of that is. Is earned um, and the sharing is earned. We've just done brand ambassador for Carmel Jane Photography. It's been amazing, and we've had these. We've had we had twenty eight callbacks, and we're down to the final five. Yeah, and they're all sharing and sharing. We're not we've not released any of the photos yet. We had the most gorgeous young woman, and we we did try. I think at one at one point it wasn't quite as forthcoming, and really exciting. And it was. It's good for us as a business. We're raising our profile already, but it was brand ambassador to do it properly. Though. We yeah. made a video and we really have, have launched it properly, a page on our website, and that has been hugely successful. Yeah. Um, and I just can't wait to announce all these these dancers that we've all got five as our brand investors in the photos but yeah that, that's a I mean it's just how it's going isn't it that's right and also for your you know for your business story that's com- that's selfless you know you're supporting these young dancers 
um, and in their career or the brand ambassadors that you've that you've chosen, that's a selfless act and really kind of speaks to the the quality and the sincerity of your brand story. And if you can do things like that, then you're showing you're you know you're pulling people in and you're showing Show them, tell, not just yeah. telling them. Tell. We take great photos of actually if you've got and you've got other people because the girls did love it. We just had such a neat time, two full days of all these callbacks, and um and it was just such a positive thing that we were doing. Yeah, it's time for some travel now. Carmel Jane with the Carmel Jane Talks Business Show and we have the wonderful um, Jill Willison. She's not just choosing the song, she's telling us all about PR, content um, and, and how to do it. And we're talking about the art of storytelling in the last segment and I just want to pop back to it quickly because it's easy just to keep talking about social media uh -huh. but as you're saying and it's because it's so accessible to small businesses and it's very easy but mm. there's a big but here isn't it? There is that it's easy to get lost in it. And what, what were you telling me when the song was playing off air? What were you saying is really important? That, that again, you, you, have a, you have a plan and you don't just get lost in social media and spend hours and hours without any way of measuring if it's actually delivering anything of value to your business. So decide on your audience, um, know the key topics that they're going to want you to talk about, that the reasons that, that, that you can make their life better, plan the content off the back of that. Um, and don't just think that being louder, you know, and measuring reach um, uh, kind of is the best thing because it's not always, you know, you can look at some pages on social media and have thousands and thousands and thousands of followers. And to be honest, it's just vanity because if you dig a little bit deeper and you look at who those followers five are, likes for every you know, yeah. yeah, they're in New Zealand and this business doesn't even sell online. You know, yeah. why would you want that? Rather less followers who are actually engaged right. and are the right audience. Because it kind of brings us on to the next segment on why copy matters. Because yeah. you're saying you know, people design these beautiful websites and they have all the framework there. But actually, while the branding and the image is important, it's a copy that sells. Mm -hmm. right? That's what converts you. You know, when you think about your website, you really need to think about it as a 24-hour salesperson doing, doing that job, you know, whether you're awake or asleep or on holiday or whatever. And, and so many times I talk to businesses and often they're in a, a panic because they're, they're in the last month of a website being built. And they've just realized they've got to fill these pages with something and they don't really know what to put in there. And their web designer can't help them because that's not, not what they right. do. Um, so I would say that, you know, that's a massive part of when you have a website built or you're designing a brochure is to, to think again about the audience, what you want them to do, what you want them to take away, um, the, the impression that you want to leave them with. If you want your website to, to, to act as that salesperson, then you've got to think about content that's going to convert when someone's on the website. And it's about, again, it's that planning, isn't it? What image do I want to put across? What's my story? And, yeah. and what do I want to say? Yeah. To my, How am to I my... different? How am I positioning myself? You know, otherwise you're in real danger if you haven't put enough thought into it of just being like a whole load of cliched USPs, you know, or our customers trust us, you know, where excellence is always first, you know, mm. blah, blah, blah. It actually doesn't mean a lot. No, it doesn't mean anything at all, but you need, you know, you need, you need to try and pull out your unique position, um, your unique strategy statement, which, and that, and if you've got that, then it means that everything else you do can be filtered through that. The reason you exist is because of this audience and this challenge, and you put this right. And, you know, if you were a not-for-profit organization, your team would be volunteering for this reason. You know, and if you're yeah. really clear on that, it gives you it gives you your, your what you're about so much heart. And I think you've got to people 
realise you can't be all things to all people. No. And actually, because of the internet, we can get our story out. We can we have to niche down, don't mm-hmm. we? I really, my business started flying when I said, I'm a dance photographer. Mm-hmm. And I had a dance photography website, and that's what I specialise. Mm-hmm. I've now grown into other things, but you have to know... And then now as we've grown, we, we're all about making people look good and feel good and service and, and really saying that this is what we do. And, and I, I, I'm naughty. I get excited by the yeah, new stuff. Yeah, it's hard not to. And, and actually it is about saying this is who we are and you cannot be all things to all people. No, no. And and I think that's lots of business owners um, find that very difficult, especially in the early days because they, they feel they just want success, you know, and that's natural. But... Um, having an authentic story about what you're about, having a real issue that you can deal with and help people with, that is the fundamental of, of being um, resonating. Yeah, put your audience first and how mm. can I solve their problems? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that? yeah. Um, kind of sounds good. No, I mean, um, Jill does do this for other people and I'm sure she's very good at it, but maybe not everyone has a budget or they can kind of write themselves. And um, what... What would be the three essential copywriting tips? So you're sitting there and going, I'm going to give this a go myself. Yeah. Where do, or even if you're working with someone else, where do you start? So um, there are three kind of key techniques which I've pulled out, which I thought would be really helpful for listeners today. So number one, if you're if you're going to be writing content for a website, let's say you're writing um, your homepage or a landing page, which is all about a specific um, service that you sell or product that you're offering. Think about a big F, as in the letter F, because um, readers of that page view left to right Mm -hmm. and it should be top heavy. So, you know, we're all time short. They want to get those key messages front loaded in that top F, the longest left to right section. And then as you move down the page, you need to be reducing the content weight down the page so that as someone's skimming, skimming, losing interest, losing interest, patience leaving you, you've lost them by the end of the page. So So front load it, top load it and like a big F shape. Because people are only scroll if you yes. get them. They go, oh, actually, no, I'm interested. I'm going to keep looking. Uh-huh. So if you, you uh-huh. don't have that that kind of that hook to say we're good. So to front line, think of a capital F. So that's over. And what's the next thing we need to do? So the next thing is what I call the U technique. So um, it's very natural when you're writing uh, about your business um, to put yourselves first. But as mm-hmm. we've talked about the importance of audience, that it shouldn't be happening. That's not best practice, really. So try by forcing yourself to, to change the beginning of absolutely every single sentence to the word you. Just in a robotic manner, just go through whatever you've written and change every word for the beginning for you. That's a pretty simple, but I imagine mm. a highly effective technique, mm-hmm. isn't it? Because it is. It is easy. I mean, I know I'm very conscious. I use the word I a lot in emails and then trying to turn it around. But if you just put you and how can I rephrase this whole sentence, benefiting you, you're my customer, I want to solve your problem. Yeah. And once you've done that, obviously you're not going to leave it like that. But once you've done that and you've you've edited through it with that in mind, you can then take the use out and change. But it will have forced you to flip all those, yeah. all those sentences to just yeah. completely change yeah. them. That is yeah. brilliant. What's the third top tip, Jill? So the third one is um, even if. So um, when you're when you're um, selling um, something and um, you want to overcome objections, um, usually you focus on the benefit mm-hmm. um, and then you would back that benefit up with a ton of proof points, whether it's social, whether it's video, whether it's testimonial. But you could still find that you're coming up against a really big challenge with your reader. Um, let's say you're selling a new diet product. Um, and you can say, oh, you know, you could lose a stone in 10 days, and but the, your reader's thinking, oh, I've tried the million diets, mm. it's never going to happen. Well, if you try the even if technique, you can say, even yeah. if, 
you've tried this before. And it's it's bringing the kind of elephant in the room, if you like, mm. right there. You're accepting that there is a big, big obstacle that needs to be overcome and you're the one that's bringing it up. So I guess when we sell face-to-face, we can overcome objections there and then. But yeah. actually on the internet, they're sitting at home at 10 o'clock on Sunday night, still yeah. something out. We yeah. can't overcome their objections. No. So we have to frame it. In that's right, exactly. What about writing content for video? Because um, we are, oh, I have to get some more video tips. Some video testimonies up. I've just, I went on, I've just been on a yoga retreat, amazing oh. days, and I booked them because of video testimonials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, we don't have, we haven't done any of ours yet. But do, I know you're getting testimonials, but do you actually, is copy, for, if you're doing videos and promo videos as the spoken word, just as important as the written? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and of course, with a lot, with video, uh, certainly for social media, you need to make sure that you've got the subtitles overlaid because mm. for most people, they don't have the, the autoplay. They might be watching it on the train. They don't want it out loud. They're actually viewing it with the subtitles. You know what? Facebook can't understand me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> just my listeners and everyone that meets me in England. <laughs> Um, uh, we use revs.com, we just we're a bit naughty and been doing it enough, but uh-huh. um, we will be doing it more. But a few times I've tried to use Facebook and it does work, uh, but when I'm talking too fast, it, it, it's going to be just as long to fix what Facebook tried to, <laughs> to comprehend me. So sorry, with my strong New Zealand accent at times. <laughs> even, even Facebook can't understand me. So, um, But it does make it, so we've been a bit naughty not being using them. Mm-hmm. But I would read videos probably 80% of yeah, the time. Yeah. Now, I'm lying in bed in the morning, my husband might be asleep, or yeah. I don't want the sound on. And yeah. that is so important. We use the main one, revs.com. And, yeah, and that's it, very good. It's yeah. a pound a minute. Yeah. There's yeah. probably other providers as well. Yeah. But No, I mean, that's, that's most important. But again, you know, and I would say... Um, Edit out, edit out, edit out, strip back, strip back, strip back. So if you're thinking about, you know, a really rough script outline for a video, go back to it and back to it and back to it. Think about the the bare minimum that you can that you should say in order to get your message across. How much can you take out? Challenge yourself mm-hmm. to strip more and more and more out. Because I guess people, it's kind of this goldfish generation, they're a bit short. And yeah. I guess they're really invested in you, unless it's a you know, TV show. And the TV we have these days is so amazing. They're, we're not going to be that good. Mm. So actually, they're not going to watch for half an hour, no. are they? You've no. got to keep it. I think we try and do our videos between 30 seconds and two yeah. minutes. Yeah, absolutely. And certainly for a testimonial, um, if, if, you know, if you're capturing um, clients that are coming into your, your local business, um, I mean, 30 seconds is, is probably still fairly fairly lengthy. You know, you could probably even go a tiny bit shorter than that because potentially you want to be um, pushing pushing that visitor somewhere else. If you've got a, a place where you hold your testimonials on your website, um, you have it as a hub. You know, think about the next step that you want them to right. take to engage with them more and more. So it's about giving enough away that you then push them into that next phase of the, of the sales funnel and you're engaging with them more and more because then potentially on a website, you have an opportunity to capture an email address, get them for a newsletter, sign up, maybe get them to download a white paper about the thing that that the testimonial client is talking about, or, you know, there's more that you can do. So always be trying to give just enough away to push them that little bit further along the step. You make it sound also easy, Jill. business long enough to know it's not that easy but uh, but it's, I think it's because it's about the planning and yes really, it is it is really commit to your story and yeah. plan ahead isn't it yeah it is absolutely the planning phase takes you know much longer than most business owners think so that was Natalie Imbruglia and Torn. We, uh, this is Carmel Jane with the Carmel Jane Talks Business Show every Wednesday from 1 till 2, 2.30. And I have the wonderful Jill Willison with me. And we've been talking all about writing copy, finding your story. But what, what, just the last few minutes, Jill, what, um, 
we haven't really talked about PR, public relations. Mm-hmm. And in the old days, that was probably writing a press release and sending it out to newspapers and trying to get into newspapers. So are you still doing public relations? And and, and, and how do you see that fitting in to yeah. everything that we're talking about? So so yes, um, we are. Um, and and the, it still happens in the world. You don't necessarily send a press release in the way that you did when I first started out, you know, back at the IT yeah. newspaper. Goodness knows there were faxes coming in left, right and centre. Um, it's very different now. But this, the premise is still the same: that if your business a newsworthy story, um, align it yourself to uh, an issue that's prevalent at the moment, come up with something new that's going to, you know, a journalist is going to report on it, then you can achieve press coverage. And that earned media, remembering our, our pie with mm. our four quarters, earned media is massively valuable um, for building trust and developing your business um, in terms of thought leadership position. Um, And when you think about um, really connecting with and resonating with an audience and building a long, long brand um, loyalty and longevity, that's what it's all about. It's not about kind of one hit wonder promotional offers and things. It's about an audience trusting you and knowing that you absolutely are the expert in your field. It's funny. Because I did a lot of the vlogging, and um, I probably should do a bit more. But there's the three C's: you have to have the charisma, which doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's probably the copy if we're talking mm-hmm. about written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to have the content, and then you have to have consistency. Yeah. Without, and I guess it's people think, oh, I do a vlog, or I write a press release, mm. and all of a sudden all the fl- mm. customers are going to come mm. flooding in. But it's mm. not like that, is it? No, it isn't. It isn't. But we, um, and I was, I was talking to you earlier on about um, our PR school, which is something that we, we're just kind of getting off the ground. But the idea is to to enable and empower small businesses who wouldn't have the ability really to, to, to hire a PR agency to do this for them. But um, a small business has just as many opportunities as a large business to, to come up with an interesting news story. And there are so many opportunities. There's the trade press, um, there's um, online national um, women's mags. There's a whole host that you could be talking to, but if you don't really know where to start, it's really, really daunting. Mm-hmm. So um, on the 24th of May at Barley Lands, um, we're running PR school, which is a publicity course. And this is... uh this is going to be an ongoing thing, isn't it? We, yes, that's this, the plan. This is, this is PR course 101. It is. PR yeah. business storytelling. Yeah, PR it is. NPR. That's right. And the idea is that you come along um, and you, you understand and, and through the workshop in the afternoon, because it's half one till five on the 24th, um, you work through your, your key messages. Um, you work through um, a 12-month plan, looking at, um, through, that, through that process, where could the news opportunities be for your business and your product? Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about how you can build uh, a results-driven media list. So pinpointing the press and the journalist contacts or the social influencer contacts that you should be reaching out to, how you should reach out to them. Because um, my goodness me, are they busy? You know, they're not just being bombarded then, with email. It's all sorts. But is it true too that that all the staff has been cut on all these magazines and newspapers? So if they get well-written copy and it lands there with an appropriate photo, they might go, oh, this is easy. You've done my job and put it in. Is it is it, is it easier to get it in now or more difficult? Um, certainly for for local for local mm. press. Yes, absolutely. Um, yes, if if you can put a story together almost to the point where it, you might read it. In, in that way, as a journalist had written it, then you're you're really helping out. And if you've got some great photo ops too, then that's going to help. For the um, for the larger, more established publications and your trade press, if you're you know a professional service or a B two B business, and you want to be in trade press. Um, it's about pulling a compelling story together. So you might be investing in some research, um, or you you might be. Um, 
doing um, a workshop with a group of um, businesses that are all facing the same challenge and pulling that together in a bit of a white paper, doing something which, um, which creates a really newsworthy story. Then it's about getting through to the right journalist who's covering that. And then it's about selling that story in. Um, and we, we cover all of that off in the workshop. So this is on the 24th of May. 4th of May. So I was looking, I was looking at your Facebook posts about coming on here. Sorry about that. <laughs> this is, yeah, that's my first mistake of the day. That's all right. PR School, 24th May at Barleylands. It's from 1.30 till 5. It is £150, which yeah. I think is a fantastic price. A lot of small businesses go, oh, investing. But I think as we've talked about, You've got to get this copyright. You've got to get your PR right. But you're announcing competition, aren't you, Jill? That's right. Absolutely. So um, over on various LinkedIn, um, Instagram, Facebook, um, at Attract and Engage, you can enter and um, we're giving away a free ticket for a business owner to come along. Brilliant. So Jill Willis from Attract and Engage. It's, the details are going to be on the Phoenix FM website where you can listen to the whole show um, and, and on the podcast. And I'll put it on my Facebook page, Carmel Jane Talks Business as well. But I think this is hugely important and I love that you're teaching other people people you know some if you haven't got the money you actually can learn how to do a lot of yeah, this stuff absolutely You've got the time and effort in. and actually there's something fun about getting your own work published yeah that's your risk thank you so so much for coming on the show thank you and best of luck with everything that you are doing um and uh yeah we'll, we'll keep in touch all those details on the website thank you Jill. thank you Oh, what a fantastic show. A huge thank you to Jill Willis from Attract and Engage. So knowledgeable, great story. She's been there, done that, got the t-shirt, and now she is sharing her fantastic knowledge with other people. Um, remember, enter the competition for PR school, or even better, just go ahead and book your tickets. I think it'll be £150 really, really well spent, and find out how to boost your PR and find your story. So I hope you've enjoyed this, and please remember, if you've enjoyed it, Go on over to the, your podcast and rate, review and subscribe because it really, really does help people to find us. Anyway, we'll see you next week. And don't forget, dream bigger, believe bigger and make a difference.